Uh, what a difference a week makes, Ben. What a difference. The chatter in the, the cowboy sphere has shifted in tone significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been just doing some light Googling, like, where's the Super Bowl played this year? Can How much I are buy tickets? tickets? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just little things like that. But the, the expectations are staying very even keeled besides that, Andy. Just very realistic. You know, we won one game um, against a team that had won, like, three in a row. So if you really think about it, we beat the hottest team in the league. We, we, beat, we, beat, a, we beat a four and six team by three <laughs> points, and uh, we are now the – perennial favorites to win the super bowl obviously i mean it uh, makes sense it does feel good though it does feel good to be back yeah it's it's uh i was texting with some guys during the game and i was just like you know like even though i am on record as being like totally fine with tanking it out when we don't have dak back there um it does just feel a ton better to win i mean there's just no way around that um so yeah, we got we got some good stuff to talk about. Uh, this is Andy Gatelli. This is Benjamin T. Walker, and you are listening to a for once kind of kind of cheerful Thanksgiving week episode of Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, <sighs> probably the best the best spirits you're ever going to hear a three and seven podcast be in. I gotta say, uh, if you told me that we would be having a good week at three and seven uh this offseason i would have been pretty upset but i'm i'm having a good time you know you just don't need to look at the record just imagine if someone told you you're playing on thanksgiving and a win gives you the lead in the division that's all you need to focus on that is really totally insane and we'll get into like what's going on in the rest of the division because it's ugly um and that has a lot to do with why we're still in this thing it has little to nothing to do with how the cowboys have played but did he cowboys... say something did he say something it's like we're right where we need to be i was like yeah or something guess. like that but <laughs> this was a this was a fun week uh you know they went up to minnesota to play uh the vikings who like ben mentioned they were coming off of a couple couple wins they had they had put it together you know dalvin cook uh was coming into this game uh he's a second leading rusher in the nfl he had killed everyone that they had played um and we expected him to run all over us I, I won't say that he didn't um but he wasn't like the deciding factor in the game that i expected him to be um and the cowboys offense uh you know very respectable very respectable outing yeah you know if you just look at the last three games the defense has played much much better um, I mean, we were talking how historically bad they were through the first six weeks. Like I kind of, I've almost blacked out the fact that they were giving up 35 to 40 a game. I mean, it was bad. They couldn't stop anyone. So I, I'm not saying they're even playing great right now, but they're, they're doing enough. They're getting off the field. They're not getting just chunk yards after chunk yards. I mean, they're still probably an average defense, but damn average feels a lot better than than what we were seeing earlier and well they're, i think and they're that's just probably finding the best. ways they're finding ways they play they're playing with a little bit of pride which is nice to see um you know and I'll, tank I'll, lawrence I'll, uh who dude we, we'll just jump into tank talk because i think uh not actual tanking but mr lawrence because there was a lot of people chastising him that contract even when we were talking about who do you want to keep on this team when it was a full fire sale about a month ago we were like, I guess you keep Tank. He's been pretty good, I think. And and I think he's played really, really good football over the last four or five games. 
Yeah, and and I'll say this about Tank. Like Tank Lawrence is uh he's the kind of guy you need in a locker room because he's a very steady presence. Like you know, one of the the gripes about Des Bryant was that, you know, he was all emotional Volatile. and it was yeah. like very up, very down. Um just a you know kind of the double-edged sword of being a very emotional person i can relate to that a lot myself that's the kind of, of person i am as well um but tank you know tank was getting the full broadside from the entire fan base just like this guy's a bum you know we he got paid and then he doesn't even try anymore like not even um critiques of his play but critiques of his character critiques of his effort critique of like him even giving a shit about this football team and to Tank's credit, like he never really lashed out. He never, he kind of just kept his head down, you know, maybe made a, a couple sideways remarks about like, hey, like whatever. Um, and he's really come alive the last couple weeks. I mean, we're, we've seen him get now four sacks in the last six games. Um, it's not just that though, because I, I think people are, are so trained to just look at the sacks whenever we talk about any defensive lineman and anyone who, covers this sport you know in full will tell you just how much more of an impact guys like that can have i mean there's a reason tank lawrence gets good grades there's a reason why like pro football focus and and the people who break down film will rave about tank because he's got a really high motor i mean he's not a guy who gives up on a lot of plays um and he's a guy who gets a lot of disruptions you know where he gets back and gets pressure so the sacks are good to see because i think that that kind of helps validate you know, the, the, the contract in a way and validate his, his look in people's eyes. But even if he wasn't getting home, I mean, he's still, there's noticeable times at least once a drive where I'm like, Ooh, damn, nice play tank. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy that I'll give, uh, my goat goat of the game to, Oh, we're doing that early. Okay. Mr. Donovan Wilson, dude. Oh, I know people are going to say, Andy, you're giving any kind of love to a Cowboys safety. And I know, Trust me, I'm aware. Um, but Donovan Wilson, man, I mean, he's not a ball hawk, and he's not, like, coming up with acrobatic interceptions. But this dude will lay the wood to you. And a lot of times, the ball comes out. We've now seen a couple games where he has just taken the ball away from somebody. He did it twice this game, which is crazy. They both were huge, too. Um, the very beginning of the game, you know, he gets kind of a sack and wrestles the ball off of Cousins. Him and, him and Tank mid-back. working together on yeah, that one. Yeah, and uh, they review it. Shock to all of us. We did not get fucked on the review. I thought for Insane. sure they said. Yeah, I was waiting down. for that one. <laughs> and then the one on Dalvin Cook that went viral. I mean, ooh, that was that was some big wood. That's and that a was a legal man. hit, too, man. Yeah, that was – you can – you watch that – from a couple different angles and that's just a perfectly timed hit. I mean, he hit, he hit him hard. Like people. Yeah. He took um, him out the game for a minute. Yeah. People thought he had broken ribs in our group chat. Um, that was a big hit, man. I mean, so, so yeah, props to him, man. And it begs the question, which I know we're being all happy and positive, but it does beg the question, like how the fuck were we playing? Like, Whirly and other bumps <laughs> yeah. over this guy, whoever the fuck I, we rolled out. Safety. I mean, so Donovan Wilson, he's what a second year guy. Yeah, and I think he's a late round pick too. Of course, he is. Obviously, we don't <laughs> spend any. I want to say Donovan Wilson was from A and M. Um, 
Let me look real quick. I want to make sure I'm yeah. So he's he's from he's from AM. He's 25. Um, he was a sixth round pick in 2019. Um, but you know, big guy, six foot two hundred. Um, he's big enough to go, you know, at the right angle to really lay a hit, even on a guy the size of of Dalvin Cook. Um, and he's just shown a, a nose for the football. Um that is going to enable you to be in the position to come up with takeaways. And in a game that is decided on the last possession by three points, dude, two takeaways is the difference in this game. I got to say he's been, we've been severely missing it. You know, if you rewind back to the beginning of the year, when Dak was putting up crazy numbers, uh, PlayStation numbers, you know, the, the big problem was we're like, yeah, but we keep turning the ball over and we're not getting any takeaways. And I think yeah. both of those have kind of gone down. Um, Zeke's fumbles have, knock on wood, gone away for a few games now. Uh, quarterback, God, Dalton, he threw one, and it was definitely a bad ball. But overall, it was I, bad. just the ability I'll, I'll, to I'll take the, the ball away, though, is, is I'll huge. give that linebacker credit, though. Um, I can't remember what the name of the linebacker is, but it was a very good pick. Um, the ball was definitely the ball was definitely behind the receiver, but the the linebacker made a really great play. Um, Do you think any linebacker on our team could make that play? Sean Lee when he was younger, <laughs> yeah. uh, LVE baby. I bet LVE could make that play. I've seen LVE make some pretty good catches in in traffic. Yeah, I don't know Sean Lee for sure because he kind of did have a nose. LVEs and Jalen are just tackle machines i guess well i don't know about Jalen anymore but yeah yo lve stood dalvin up in the hole on the goal line which was pretty awesome to see that was they had a couple nice goal line stands um i know they the the vikings scored on a few and Thielen made a ridiculous grab on one of them but yeah the defense they, they made them work for it i guess what's nice to see i mean i'm not gonna say kirk didn't have great numbers or dalvin didn't have a good game especially if you're just looking at fantasy football stats but still i mean uh, we made them work for it. they were long drives except for the blown coverage on justin jefferson which that kid's also a stud but yeah and and i'll and i'll give a credit to you know i don't know if it's if it's going to kellen or to andy dalton but they converted those turnovers into points, which is something God. that like frustratingly the Cowboys were bad at for Did you ever. not only bad, do you see the stat they put up for points no. off turnovers? Uh they put up a graphic during the game and it was points off turnovers and thirty first in the league was the Vikings at I wanna say ten and Dallas was thirty two at seven or maybe three. Jeez. So, so we tied, we got, we, we like more than doubled our season total in this game. Cause we got a touchdown and a field goal off turnovers in this, this game. You know, that actually does bring me to the walk star star of the game. And, uh, I have to eat some crow on this one. I'll, I'll put my hand up, but dude, Kellen Moore called a hell of a game. Um, I liked it too. I liked it too. A lot some of, of very the plays, timely calls. Even that touchdown call at the very end of Schultz where they had everyone going right. Beautiful, the, beautiful. The two-point conversion where they handed it to Zeke and he flipped it to CD. That was sexy. I mean, they had the little they had another... pass out on the first touchdown, the little flip oh, out to yeah. Zeke out on the in the flat to let him just like bust through that first level of blockers and get into the end zone. A fourth and one where instead of going to Zeke up the middle, they kind of uh, gave it to to CD on the end around. Uh, I thought it was a much better called game than than we've seen uh i 
I yeah, it was it was it was pretty flawless, man. I think he got the most out of them. The running backs both had good games. Uh, Zeke, yeah, first this was a yard rushing game of the year. I know we and you were both uh, uh, as Zeke defenders. We both had to uh, bite our lip a little bit this season as as the Wolves were were circling our boy. But he had a really nice game. He had a great game, and then I'll give Pollard his credit too. Um, I oh, mean, yeah. you look at the difference in this in this these two teams. Um, you know, the, the Vikings rushed 29 times for 125 yards and a touchdown. And uh, 27 of those carries were Dalvin Cook. He had 115 yards and a TD. On the other side, Zeke had 21 for 103. But the Cowboys rushed 31 times, so two more attempts in the Vikings for roughly 55 more yards. And Pollard had five carries for 60 yards. So the difference in the running game here was Tony Pollard, pretty much by himself. Hey. Love to see it. You know, I I'm all for people saying Pollard deserves more looks. I don't think neither me or you are fighting that. It's just the people who are saying he's that that one run makes him better than Zeke is well, and, wild. And that's how he should be used. Like they used Tony Pollard he's, correctly during this game. Like he's he Felix Jones, right? Like can we just yeah, he's a better him? Felix Jones. He's like a more complete version of Felix Jones. Like Tony yeah. Pollard is I think capable. People forget of, Felix was really good change of pace the first few years. He didn't start becoming bad till we started trying to make him the number one guy. And I guess yeah. that's what I kind of think Paul like Felix used to hit home runs a, a bunch. So if if Felix Jones had been a third round pick, I'd probably love Felix Jones a lot more. <laughs> the first round like, Arkansas. The fact that he was a first round a fir- <laughs> if Tony Pollard was a first round pick, I'd probably be like. Yeah, he better be running 42-yard TDs in every game, dude. But that was an awesome, awesome play by Tony Pollard. Yes, um, sir. Showing showing a very Zeke-like uh, approach there of like patience, waiting for that hole to open on the right side. A beautiful block by Noah Brown, who to this day, uh, somehow on this team, just <laughs> couldn't tell you how, don't know why, but in, on, in that particular instance, um, he got it done. Um, what did Scott Linehan used to call him? A light end. A light end. And then and then you gotta I, guess I gotta give blocking, but we, we gotta give him. big ups. I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't look like this guy was a huge difference maker, really. But how about the rook? C D hmm? Lamb. Oh, how we didn't even C. we haven't even gotten to that. Um catch of the year for the Cowboys, for sure. He is uh a freak. He's got, I was talking to uh, several people about who, how I compare him to both like other Cowboys greats, how you compare him to other guys in the league. Um, Here's what I came away with. So Mm -hmm. I think he has some of the things that I really loved about Dez. Uh, Amazing body control, physical runner, great hands. Um, But, and this is not a knock on Dez, it's just a testament to CD. He is an incredibly polished route runner. And a very like already for a rookie, a very finished wide receiver. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I think that I don't think that CD is the ath- level of athlete that Des Bryant was, but I think that CD has the makings of a DeAndre Hopkins. You know, one of these really top tier guys. And that catch was just outrageous. Just falling backwards over the wrong shoulder, one handed. I mean, that's. It's a freakish Madden catch. Yeah, that that catch was was beautiful. Even when it happened, my timeline blew up on on Twitter. Um, he was freakish, man. He he had a 
basically fall backwards. A lot of people criticize Dalton on the throw. I don't I think he kind of led him where he wanted to because a lot of people said it was an easy touchdown if he throws more inside. I don't know about that. I think he kind of put him where he wanted to. I mean, CD still had to make a crazy catch, but uh I just I, I don't I don't know. A lot of people were bitching about the placement. Either way, freakish catch, man, by 88. Yeah, and I mean if Dalton thinks that CD can make that catch, he was right. So, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter as long as he catches the ball. Um, I was a little disappointed. I won't lie in, in Michael Gallup. Uh, he had two, two drops that are very uncharacteristic of him. Um, one was in that kind of that in traffic, like between two defenders, he was falling backwards. And as he hit the ground, his butt hit the ground, it just kind of popped out. Um, and I, and honestly, like the only reason that I'm, shocked by that is because I'm so used to Gallup just coming up with everything, just the most sure-handed guy. Um, but it is what it is. There's, that's a very small. Yeah. Critique. Since Dalt, since Dak went down, here are Michael Gallup's numbers, two catches for 23 yards against the Cardinals, zero catches, zero yards against the football team, seven grabs, for 61 yards against the Eagles, three for 36 against Pittsburgh, and two for 29 against the Vikings. So, and and look, none of those guys are having huge. I don't want to pick on Gallup. We both like him, but I think he's probably having the biggest drop off from year two to three. And I, I, I wonder how much of that Dak would fix, and I wonder how much of that is just CD having more plays designed for him. You know? Yeah, CD's definitely. Uh you know, going to get a lot of the love there. Um, you know, I, I think I really like Michael Gallup, but he's yeah. And, and Gallup was having a good, a better year at the beginning of the season. Um, he had the nine catch 138 yard game against Seattle with a great long touchdown. Um, you know, he stayed us in the uh, giants game. Those two late deep balls. I know he only had yeah. 73 yards, but he caught the two big ones that, that set up that game winner. So, yeah. And for, for a number two guy, um, he was having, you know, up until Dak went down, he was definitely having the year you'd expect a good number two to have. Um, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining about Gallup. I just noticed that because I'm so used to seeing him just snag everything. Um, Yeah, I thought they were aggressive too. They went forward a couple fourths. We went through it like a fourth and six on the Vikings 15 and converted yep. uh, late in the game when you had to have a touchdown. Uh, we got Amari Cooper, you know, open. I think we went for it. I don't have it open, Goat, but I want to say four fourth downs and we got three of them. The only one we didn't get, we somehow targeted Cedric Wilson on a out route. I don't know about that call. Yeah, that was a terrible call. The ball was really bad. He like fastballed it into like the back shoulder of well of and who's they highlighted dalton up. schultz being wide open because both the corners went with yeah wilson so you know i'll say this though amari is like quietly having a very good season a very good amari season. quietly does everything i mean you look at his okay first couple games first game 81 yards yeah uh, on 10 catches then he has a 100 yard game then an 86 yard game then a 134 yard game and he's had a couple like 70, 80, 67, 81. Oh, when when um, Dak went down, Amari was top five in receiving yards. He was leading the NFL in receiving yards at one point, like in week yeah. two or three. Um, but yeah, he only has two touchdowns, um, one against Cleveland, one against uh, Arizona late. Um, 
so has not been able to find the end zone in these last four weeks. Um, but you know, Amari's not really that like, you know, you're never going to hear about that. Like Amari's yeah. not the kind of guy that's going to be like, I need my touchdowns. So the receiver core has quietly continued to do their best regardless of who's under center. Um, I think Dalton, you know, Dalton definitely, uh, he impressed me this weekend. Um, I've been on record as saying, you know, he looked really bad the last time he was out there. I thought Gilbert looked significantly better the, against Pittsburgh than Dalton had in his starts. And Dalton really showed up. Um, you know, 200 yards passing isn't like going to set the world on fire, but a three TD game uh, only took one sack, which is great. That's, I don't know if that's a testament to this latest sixth incarnation of the offensive line with Martin out at right tackle. Um, yeah, let's uh but either I wanted, way, they look I great. wanted to I wanted to do some O-line talk. So the Cowboys have had they put up some graphic, I forget it now, like six different This is the sixth combination that they've had yeah. in nine games. Yeah. So this time they moved they finally benched Terrence Steele. And I've been on record saying like I don't I don't really get why people are so over this guy. I mean I get he I'm not saying he was good, but yeah, he's not good. He was a seventh is undrafted rookie playing right tackle that had to go one on one against like Miles Garrett, and people were like, "Bro, he fucking sucks." I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah." Like, <laughs> I don't know why we're playing him. And so finally, they they moved Zach Martin, and this is a testament to just how fucking good Zach Martin is. They moved him out to right tackle, and I never once noticed him do anything wrong. And they I moved mean, McGovern into right guard, and I thought that was. That was game changing for this line because because Minnesota doesn't have a weak front line. They're not what they used to be, but uh, I didn't notice anything wrong with the way that McGovern and and especially Zach playing right tackle for the first time. Yeah, I mean, dude, Zach Martin has allowed zero t- sacks this year. He's allowed eight sacks in his career. He is as good as it gets as far as like just a consummate pro offensive lineman. And the departure of Travis Frederick, the injury of Tyron Smith, the injury of Lel Collins has left Zach on an island, and he's just continued to turn in just top-tier performances week after week after week. And they've rotated him around. they put him in different spots. Um, yeah, and like you just said, like just zero, nothing of note occurred on that side of the field. Um, apparently Zeke Zeke, tw- Zeke put up a sweet picture of him like hitting the hole and it just said just put me behind and then he tagged Zach Martin Zach so he's just Martin. like yeah just let me run behind Zach yeah he apparently the rumor was they were trying to wait till McGovern was playing better or practicing better uh that's at least the the crutch that they're using before they kicked out Zach Martin to right tackle but I thought McGovern was good too you know he didn't I saw he allowed one pressure all game had no penalties and I, you know, I never really noticed him get mauled in the run game or anything. So I hope that, you know, I hope this iteration of the line can stay healthy and stay on the field for a while because it was definitely the best we've seen probably all season. Yeah. I'd say not even close. I mean, giving up just one sack, um, you know, Dalton put up a better QBR than Kirk cousins did. Um, with the, with the offensive line playing a little bit better, just that much better, and the defense being even just passable, um, this team is competitive. Um, you know, obviously, again, the Vikings are not the greatest team in history, but, you know, they showed up against Pittsburgh. They came out and beat Minnesota, and I think they got a good chance to beat Washington on Thursday. Yeah, I – look, 
it's so much more fun when they're competitive, right? Like even if they tanked and got a top pick, you know, it's just if you're going to watch these games, I inevitably am going to root for them to do well. And yes, it'll be a funny joke if they do host a playoff game against like the fucking Buccaneers or something. But you know what? I I really have enjoyed these last few games much more. And Oh, yeah. They look competent again. And I think that's just inevitable. I mean, even look at how bad like the Jets were who we still fade. Like even they look better in recent years. Like it's these guys are NFL, they're pros. Eventually you figure stuff out. Like you well, I'm not saying you get way better, but you're not gonna just be it's hard to be historically bad for that long. This and this highlights the ridiculousness of the talk earlier in the season where people were like literally where they were like, you know. Is this like the Cowboys just like the the worst team for the last two decades? Like we're we're the New York Knicks of football. Just like what? They had yeah. a really bad six game stretch and now they're like they're not great, but they're fine. If they played like exactly like this all year, they'd be like a five hundred team, which would be yeah. enough Look, to yeah. dominate this division. It's easy to do ifs and buts and if this team was healthy and all this, but yeah, I, I have a hard time believing without Dak they wouldn't be at least around 500. And I know they started out poor with him, but they were getting awful defensive performance, historically bad. And now the defense is slowly figuring some things out. And look, it's still bad act there. Uh, Thielen went off. Jefferson went off. I mean, those guys were beaten. Didn't matter if it was Ant Brown or Cheeto, or they, they finally let Reggie Robinson, the rookie play goat. And he was picked on pretty badly, but Hey, yeah. you got to, I mean, they, you know, you got no digs, so what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, all in all, uh, a great performance um, on both sides of the ball f- relative to what they've been turning in lately. Um, Gosh, relatively great. We'll say uh, it was acceptable. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's totally yeah. what I mean. Just like I know, a, I a, a uh, compared to what we've been watching, um, league's better. And uh, it, it's got me, uh, you know, looking forward to watching this team play on Thanksgiving, which I definitely thought I was like a couple weeks ago. I was literally just like, should I even watch that game? Like, do I want to ruin my own Thanksgiving? It's already, you know, kind of thrown up in the air by the, the whole COVID situation. Like, do I really need to ruin my Thanksgiving by watching us just get whooped on by Washington? I know. I know. And speaking of, we're actually three point favorites in this game all of a sudden. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is as, as good a place as any to look around the league a little bit, around the division anyway. Um, so we can start with uh, our friends over there. Uh, Washington is coming off of a pretty nice win. They beat Cincinnati, although they took uh, Joey B out of the game pretty early oh. on. Uh, I feel terrible for that kid. Torn ACL, torn NCL, a bunch of structural damage to the knee. Yeah, they're saying normally bad, like ACLs only nine months i say only but nine months and you make a full recovery but they're like with the complications he's probably looking closer to 12 i mean they said it's too early to speculate and they'll just take it but looking closer to 12 and at that point that'll be november of next year and do you want to bring him back mid-season with a every week is his is his leg good enough i mean we could see him out all next year is kind of what i'm hinting at which sucks for him but yeah and uh i i don't want to you know shit talk ryan finley but he went three for ten with a pick and took four sacks. So um, he, he did have units pretty bad. He did lead. Uh, he did lead the Bengals in rushing. However, with one carry for nineteen yards. So yeah, good for that him. Team uh, 
team's going to be picking pretty high in the draft. I think with our latest win, they've actually, the Bengals are now picking third. Dallas is. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, since they have a quarterback, they're definitely going to go get uh, my boy. That would probably make sense, yeah. Which I can't blame them. I think it's going to be a monster. So, um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're playing Washington. Alex Smith went out there. He threw a pick. He threw it a touchdown. 166 yards on 25 pass attempts. Um, you know, nothing special. Gibson had a pretty good day. 94 yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. Scary Terry, scary Terry. Um, that relatively. kid's good, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, I think Terry McLaurin is pretty I much mean, objectively the best player on that team by a significant margin. Um, it's funny, everyone's comparing like A.J. Brown's getting a lot of love and D.K. Metcalf, and they're all in that same draft class. And if you look at the numbers, which is kind of crazy to me with how good D.K.'s been, like Terry McLaurin's neck and neck in every single category in their career. And he's been playing yeah. with fucking Washington, man. Well, and, and the problem is there's there uh, every once in a while there's these guys that like they're really good. They're not so transcendently good that they're Calvin Johnson where they can be on just like any garbage team and people love them. But, you know, for years there were those guys like people were like convinced that Roddy Anderson was really good. You know, like these guys on like the Jets who they're like, yeah, he's actually a pretty good receiver. Just no one knows who he is because they're so fucking bad. And I'm worried that's going to happen to Terry because, I mean, Alex Smith isn't your long-term solution at QB. I don't know what they're really doing with Haskins. That's well, a whole got thing. A new, they got a new regime in there. They probably want their guy. I mean, I, yeah, I've been on record saying that, that I think it's too early to write him off, but he's been very bad, what we've seen of him. So if they do write him off, it wouldn't shock me if they go and draft fields, I guess, if they have high enough pick. But we'll see. Washington's an absolute mess. I, I, I honestly think they're in the worst position. Well, in the wa- Washington on offense is an absolute mess. Uh, on That's defense, fair. Washington on defense is still really scary. Um, you know, another four-sack game. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, dude, this guy gets a sack every game, I swear. He's their captain. I mean, he's only man. he's only got five and a half this year, which is low for him. But that's crazy. Chase Young is terrifying. He's playing um, good too. Yeah, they've got and you know Montez Sweat. He got another sack this last week. Jonathan Allen is terrifying. Um, so they've just got a whole host of first round picks. A lot of them from fucking Alabama. And well, I mean, that's why this this game, the first time we played and they absolutely kicked Dallas's ass, this game was one in the trenches. Our D, this is when kind of peak Dallas looked like they didn't give a fuck. And on yeah. the other side of the ball, I mean, it was just a long day for the offensive line. I think Dalton, you know, got sacked, the multi got a concussion. That was the game. And then nobody did anything about it. And everyone made the big stink. You remember? So, oh, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I sent I sent Zach Martin several pieces of hate mail because he didn't come off the bench with a switchblade and stab John Bostic for daring to do that to beloved backup quarterback Andy Dalton, who's been on the team <laughs> for all of seven weeks at that point. I can't believe men weren't ready to bleed for him, given the situation. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on, uh, which is I, I don't know it. I'm, I'm hoping to see a significantly improved performance this time. Obviously, yeah, I think I think putting it 
Zach out at right tackle. Montgomery, look, they'll they'll struggle. This might be the best D line that we face the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll see what they can do. We'll see. Dalton has always been a quarterback, and I guess you could say this, but just about anyone. But his splits are specifically pretty horrific. When he's pressured, he's pretty terrible, and when he's not pressured, he's pretty above average. So uh, they got to protect him. They got to get Zeke going. Zeke's numbers against Washington, his career are bonkers. Now I know Washington's defense is probably at its best that it's been in Zeke's career, and our line's probably at its worst. But he averages like one nineteen and a touchdown a game against them. So I really hope we see Zeke kind of feed off that performance from last week. Kellen just called a great game. Uh, I would love to see a little bit more. I think they're playing with more confidence. I think they've kind of gotten over the shock of like how fucking bad they are. And they keep looking at this NFC East, Andy, and going, well, I mean, we're still just right there. And I think yeah. this might be their biggest game to date, honestly, weirdly enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they beat, if they win this game, they're in the driver's seat for the division. Um, you know, currently Philadelphia is in first place at three six and one. Um, so Philly, do you a, want to spend a little airtime on Philly? Yeah, yeah, they're coming off of a bad loss against the Cleveland Browns. Um, they lost to the Browns, having get, and they gave up one offensive touchdown. So the Browns scored once a rushing touchdown by Kareem Hunt, who had 13 carries for 11 yards and a TD. And that's the only <laughs> offensive points that the Browns scored. And Philly lost 22-17. to 17. And really, their touchdown came way late in that game. It was 22-10, yeah. to 10, and Philly scored with like a couple minutes left. Uh, it was out of reach by then. Yeah, it's it, the continued look, uh, it's the continued woes of Carson Wentz on this one, man. I mean, this guy for the last month, Philly guy, has not scored over twenty three points in a game, and that was the last time they played us. And and I know it's it's you know it's a Dallas Cowboys podcast. Of course, we're going to rag on Carson Wentz. That's nothing new, but I'm almost feel bad for the guy. I mean, this is a guy that just a couple years ago was in the serious discussion for MVP. There were people, <laughs> you know, in that this dude was going to be like the best quarterback in football. They went to it. They won a Super Bowl behind an MVP performance from Nick Foles, who I'm not saying is any better, but they cut ties with him in order to keep Carson. They paid Carson. And Carson Wentz right now is probably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football. He leads the league in both interceptions and fumbles. And he gave up. He he gave up five sacks on Sunday. He had a QBR of twenty through two picks. He's I only mean twenty seven. It's not like he's thirty seven, and you're like, well, maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. But at this point, man, like the calls for Jalen Hurts are getting loud in Philadelphia. And look, Philly's always been a tough place to play, and they they really have kind of ride or died with Carson, but man, it's getting to, it's getting to the the edge of the knife I, right now. I did hear an interesting take on this. I was reading the Philadelphia subreddit cause I love to just revel in their pain. Oh dude. And so good. This last full week. meltdown. Um, there was one where it was the, the office meme where it's like Pam and she's like corporate needs you to find the difference between these two pictures. And it was a picture of Carson Wentz and a picture of a trash can. And then she said, they're the same picture. Um, 
So it's it's pretty bad when your own fan base is doing that to you. But one guy wrote yeah. this pretty long breakdown of the idea that Carson Wentz has always been really good outside the pocket. Like that's always been his like strength as a player was kind of like the breakdown and then going into and taking taking advantage of these chaotic situations. And that after his most recent injury, the Eagles, having paid him, are now very scared of putting him in situations where he's going to be out on the edge like that, like in at risk of getting hurt. And they're keeping they're they're really designing the offense to have him stay in the pocket, and that's not his strength. And he's kind of they're exposing his like greatest weakness, which is that he's not a very accurate pocket passer. Yeah, I mean, you look. Even last year, he only completed 64% of his balls, which I'm not saying completion percentage is everything. That's probably below league average. He still had a decent QB rating. But this year, he's completing 58% of passes. He doesn't have a single game this season above 65%. Like yeah. It's not like he's just had some bad game. Like Kirk Cousins is very much a Jekyll and Hyde QB where – there's days where you're like, damn, Cousins is pretty legit. And then every now and then he'll just show up and just won't have it that day, and he looks lost. Wentz has just looked bad all game. He has one game over 300 yards, and he has one game over 64 – or he doesn't – yeah, 64% is highest. He doesn't have a single game with a QB rating over 100 this year. He doesn't have a single three-touchdown passing game. Now, I know he has a few rushing TDs this year that kind of has sprinkled in, but it's – bizarre how bad he's been this year oh and i'll tell you what else hurts as an eagles fan i'm sure is there was you know if if carson had gotten hurt Foles went in wins the super bowl and then they cut ties with Foles. then it's like shit we misjudged that situation blah blah blah. there was that one season after that where carson came back and looked like shit got hurt again and Foles got them all the way to almost the NFC title game. And then they got rid of Foles. So as an Eagles fan, you got to just be like, holy shit, dude. Like, they warned us. And then they paid Carson anyway. Like, yeah, your analyst really liked him. And look, he does have some nice moments, but it's pretty bad right now. It doesn't help that Philly's also allowed four sacks a game. Their offensive line is... I mean, we've seen it with our team. Our offensive line's a mess, but their offensive line is – they give up a sack – 1.3 more sacks a game, Andy, which is hard for me am to I, wrap my head around. But. Am I crazy to say that that one eight-game stretch of Carson Wentz's career where he looked like the MVP? You know, when, when Carson Wentz was a rookie, I thought he sucked. I really did. And then he had that year. And then he's kind of been downhill to this point since then. Am I crazy to think that that one eight game stretch is really just an outlier, and that that has nothing to do with who Carson Wentz really is as a player? I think it's fair to ask um, whether that's Wentz or Peterson's scheme or what. I still think Doug Peterson's a good coach. I mean, he fucking won a Super Bowl with a backup, you know, against yeah. Belichick. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's totally he's totally lost it either but i know philly fans are pretty they're pretty pissed at the whole situation so i guess i don't know i i guess i don't know but yeah being ready to start jalen hurts is crazy to me if if that guy's a third down oh yeah if wins hadn't gotten the paycheck already there's no way in hell he wouldn't have been benched yeah agreed completely 
Um, and they're really not giving Hertz any kind of experience that's going to ready him because they're using him in games, but every time he's on the field, you know he's running it. They, they basically do what there. they do with like Taysom Hill. Yeah, except he can't. He doesn't catch either. Like, well, no, they try to run a couple goofy ass trick plays that haven't worked where he catches it. But oh, nice. Okay, I just have never seen him catch a ball. Um, I think they did that where they like hand it off and then he throws it back across the field. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. They they definitely tried to get cute as fuck with him and it hasn't worked. But yeah, there there there's a lot of Eagles fans that are a hundred percent ready to like have Hertz head out there and let, let Carson see the bench. Well, um, let me tell you real quick. I don't want to spend too much more time on Philadelphia, but let me tell you their upcoming schedule and you tell me how many wins you see. So they play the Seahawks coming up probably a okay. lot, but, but I do want to say if Wentz looks like trash in that game, the Seahawks Jesus, is rough down the stretch for them. They've got like, they, yeah, they play us the in Washington. <laughs> Then they play the Packers. Yeah. Then they play the Saints. Then they play the Cardinals. And they finally get two NFC East opponents, including us at the end. So their next four games are against probably the four best teams in the NFC right now. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I really kind of going back. I don't know if, if he it's very possible they lose all of those and he doesn't look good. And if they're sitting here at three, nine and one then I don't see how like how they win this division, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about how many wins we think a team needs to win this division, and it's probably not as many as anyone else in any other division needs. I think um, Philly can get away with five because they have the one tie against the Yeah, Bengals. I think everybody else probably needs, needs six. six. Which is so sad, but I think yeah, yeah. I mean, what that's three and three. If Dow uh, three and three, man, probably gets you in, especially me, if ask, those two wins this. are against Philly. If okay, let's say Dallas goes five and eleven and wins the division. <laughs> okay, and then they win two playoff games. Is this a more successful year than like any year we've had in the last twenty years? <laughs> I don't even know how to quantify that. I, I would, yeah. I mean, McCarthy would have a, a deeper playoff run at that point than Jason. Well, I guess I mean, what you win two games, you're what the NFC title game. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be the <laughs> that would be it'd so be the, hilarious. The that deepest Cowboys. So yeah. Uh, I I still think Dallas could easily screw this up and oh, Philly yeah, or dude. Giants. Well, or and Washington. I, like play, I told you but. after last week, dude, we are. We are but one win away from the, oh, dude, no one wants to see us round one, dude. I'm telling you, man, this team's peaking at the right time, bro. Like, all that shit's going to start. I think this Actually, is like I have the, big, read the Giants. Game. Giants are coming off back-to-back wins before the bye week. They beat both the football team and the Eagles. They're wow. uh, I'm telling you, there's this game is going to decide a lot of people's direction for the rest of the season. If the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving in front of the whole nation, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, man, let's make a run. If they lose this game, a lot of people are going to join the tanking bandwagon. Yeah, this really does seem kind of like your last best chance in a way. I, I think you could still talk yourself into – I mean, we just outlined it. Six and ten probably has you a pretty good chance, but – 
I think now, and I even saw according to this is as of eight hours ago, according to William Hill Sportsbook, the Eagles still are the lead with thirty seven percent chance of winning, and now we are twenty nine point four. Because if you look at this, man, we play Washington, then we got the Ravens, which I'm not holding not hope for for that. But then we got the Bengals, who are going to have Ryan Finley. They're garbage. That's forty niners are probably going to beat us. And then yeah. Eagles, Eagles in New York. So, I mean, if you can beat Washington and Cincy and then you got Eagles and Giants, I mean, there's a conceivable path here to seven wins. God. Yeah, we'll see. It, it begins with this one, though, Andy. So oh, yeah. we kind of oh, talk yeah. this one to death. You want to give us your official GOAT prediction? I have been on a streak of predicting the Cowboys will lose games. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I I think uh, I'm going to allow myself to feel optimistic. Ooh. I'm going to say that the Cowboys win this game 20 to 17 with a nice performance from Zeke Elliott. Okay. Okay. I think, uh, oh God, this is so tough. What team is more likely to fall on its face? I'm going to pick Washington, but I'm hopeful we win. I just think, God, dude, both these teams are so bad still. We're like tricking ourselves into thinking we're division leaders, but we will be if we win. It's a sad thing. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going Dallas. We're going to say this is a... a decent bounce back for Dalton. I think the defense does enough right to keep us in this game. And I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback you and say that, uh, yeah, I I think Zeke looks nice this game. So we're going to go 21 to 17 Dallas. I like it. I like it. Very nice. Well, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, I'm, uh, I ordered a nice, uh, honey baked ham, for Cassie and I to to whip up, we're going to be spending COVID Thanksgiving at home by our lonesome. But uh, we are the we are and- we are doing the same thing. So we got a little ham ourselves. Uh, I'm going to be nice. making some mashed potatoes, some mac and cheese. Yeah. It's going to be side note. I, you know, I know this isn't Cowboys talk, but I saw this map of every state's least favorite Thanksgiving food. Uh-huh. Okay, first of all. Let's talk about how some states have mashed potatoes as their choice for worst Thanksgiving food. That's so wrong, man. You're in not a, having a, the right stuff. In a universe where cranberry sauce exists, you think that mashed potatoes is the worst thing at Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. Then I want to talk about how the state of Utah says that turkey's the worst part of Thanksgiving. I'm just like, what are y'all even doing, bro? <laughs> pretty bad the mashed potatoes i don't get at all turkey no, that's like dude, yeah, who doesn't like mashed steak. potatoes mashed potatoes is like a that's like chicken nuggets you say pizza. cranberry it's sauce like everyone loves it. it you say cranberry sauce i sit here and tell you like i still don't know what the fuck stuffing is man and i yeah, don't i'm not, think I'm not it's, huge on stuffing at all i don't think it's I, ever uh, served for any other meal at any other time so. no never never um yeah fuck all that so but <laughs> Um, do we have anything else football related before we get into a uh, little uh, degeneracy? Oh, I don't think so, man, because 
I do want to get into this degeneracy talk because it's been a bad fucking run. We've been on a bad streak. I mean, I feel like we're not allowed to have both uh, good gambling and good. But by the way, guys, we are now going to talk about sports gambling. So if this isn't your thing, please turn it off. If you do have a problem, you know, go spend some time this holiday. Well, don't go spend time with your family. We're trying to stop a, a pandemic here. But um, for those of you who have had trouble in the past with sports gambling, 1-800-522-4700, the National Council on Problem Gambling Hotline. It can be a problem. It can ruin lives. Um, and I'm starting to see why, Ben, because we've been on a yeah, bad run. I want to preface this by saying at least we haven't done anything crazy and bet big. So the fact that we got up to – we are up about 250 on the year. Over the last three weeks, we've gone two and three, two and three, and now one in fucking four last week, our worst week, our rock bottom. We are saved by McVeigh on Monday night beating Brady. Vegas which- is just really dialed in these teams now. Like we're picking the winner correctly on a lot of these, but the spreads are what's killing us because like Vegas knows exactly how good these teams are at this point in the Dude, year. I'll tell you what, I miss Darnold, man. Flacco's like actually been semi-competent for the Jets, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but well, dude, I mean he's a Super Bowl MVP, dude. Like he's got the fucking championship shit in his blood. It's true, man. If anyone can resurrect the Jets it's Flacco and Gase. Ugh, Gase, baby. The genius. He's the old man genius to Kellen's boy. Um, so yeah, we didn't have a good, we didn't have a super great week. Um, but we do have some fun games coming up this week, Ben. Uh, you know, who I, we are still like? up, by the way. We were up, up 250. We're still up 130. So it's been a slow release and and it's Luckily, some of our few wins have been some of our bigger bets. So, we, we've how been do you feel about a little Thanksgiving parlay, Ben? I love it. We're taking a three-team teaser on Thanksgiving. All three games we're going for. Um, so, who, you got to do uh, Detroit plus seven, um, or plus nine, I guess, because they're plus three, right? Because oh, sorry, six. yeah, it's six points. Yeah, so yeah, Detroit so take- plus nine. Nice. We'll take Detroit. We'll take Dallas because we're being homers, baby. And then so we get Dallas plus three. I'm guessing. Yeah. Excellent. And then uh, Steelers plus one and a half. Yeah, I try to talk myself into the Ravens because I was like, dude, that's giving up so many points. There's no way the Ravens lose by eleven, but they're like got a bad case of COVID and I was texting one of my other buddies. Um, and he's like, man, they're without two running backs, two of their offensive linemen. Their two best run stoppers are gone. So teams are actually running well against and let's, them. And let's be honest, so, dude, Lamar not looking like himself recently. He's not. My only fear is it's hard to beat a team twice. Good team sure. twice. And the Ravens, I don't think Pittsburgh goes undefeated. They're not a flawless team. So I'm a little I'm a little weary, but I still think we'll ride Pittsburgh. But that's my fear is I really I want to go Baltimore, but it just seems like I would feel like a big dummy if Pittsburgh wins this. And I'm like, well, of course they fucking win this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we you. can instead of tease. We can just bet money line on all three, but then we got to count out Detroit to win their first game, which I don't know. I don't that. like that. I like the teaser. The teaser's fun. Let's, yeah, I like the teaser. You're right. Teaser. So put down 20, win 30, baby. So we got Pitt, 
plus 0.5. Cowboy, that doesn't even really help us, which is funny. It's like basically Pittsburgh has to win, but that's fine. They win by one, we're good. Um, Dallas, if they come within three, and then the Lions, come on, Lions. It's Thanksgiving. You guys always play, and you're playing the Texans, who I think suck somehow. So Let me see. Ooh, you know what I do kind of like? Well, oh, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I'm really locking low. that one in. I'm locking that like one that. in. Though. Three teams. I was teams. just looking at the weather on Thursday. It's going to be like 45 and rainy in Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. I was looking at that under, but 44 and a half is a really, really low number. Oh, damn. I didn't. They have a lower over under yeah. than Washington and Dallas do. Well, bench your fantasy players on that one. Yeek. Well, uh, I have no choice, dude. Claypool's got a ball, baby. <laughs> He's got a ball. Yeah, that's true. You're really not benching. I'm probably going to play Connor, too. So, fuck it. We'll run with Pittsburgh, baby. Hey, I do want to shout out uh, Des Bryant. We didn't even talk about that Hell on the pod. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, had that his first was so catch tight to watch. Outside Tony of Romo Cowboy commentating. First, first Cowboy catch, or catch since 2017. So, basically, three years. Um, happy for Des was actually the second leading receiver for the Ravens with four grabs for 28 yards. So um, good to see number 88 back. Had a pretty slick play too late in that game that helped tie it up. So um, love me some Des, man. So stoked for him, man. All I wanted, and now I just want to see him score a TD. I want to see him throw up that X, dude. That's dude, what I need. Oh, it's already a parlay that we're going to take him to score a touchdown against Dallas next week. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And what's funny is like when that happens, if that happens, like you know that like half the Cowboys are gonna go up to Des after the game and be like, Hell yeah, that was tight. So tight, bro. Yeah. Um anybody else that you I do not hate Kansas City minus three and a half versus Tampa Bay. I don't either. Um Tampa Bay's secondary has really struggled recently and Mahomes is Mahomes. Although they've looked like, yeah, very pedestrian. They, but we always talk about that. Kansas City always plays the level of their opponent. They just kind of like fuck around. Um, but I like KC. I like KC. I like rooting for Mahomes yeah. too. So they didn't cover. They hurt us too because they were seven point favorites on the Chargers and they won by fucking four. So or Raiders or the Raiders. Yeah. Um. Although Mahomes did just. That last drive was just a thing of beauty. He made it look so easy to win that game. <laughs> like I was so jealous of that. I was like, dude, they're not even worried. Like they just know that Mahomes is oh, winning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't really love a lot of the spreads are really tough. I mean, like I like Green Bay to beat the Bears, but eight and a half is huge. Seattle, I like them to beat Philly, but again, five and a half. A lot I'll of say points. We fade the Jets. The Dolphins just had a bad week. I know they kind of fucked us, but I still think seven points. Flacco, Flacco's got to throw against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, so he's going nowhere. Yeah, so we'll take that. We'll take seven. Lock that in. Um, so we got fade the Jets. It is a way of life, after all. It's only bit us twice now, so what can you do? I like that, and then the only other ones I really liked are I, I don't I I kind of like the Raiders. They've looked good recently, and they're only th- minus three against Atlanta, who is pretty garbage. Um, mm-hmm. And Antino. I do like the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will maybe. I mean, I I would love money line, but it's worth like nothing. So, 
Um, how about this, man? Let's get cute with a parlay. Let's take money line so Seattle just to win. Okay. Um, Seattle to win. Green Bay to win. Yeah, I like that. Kansas City to win. Okay, like it. And then I'm gonna throw. Uh, well, let's just see what that. Is. That's plus one fifty. I'm okay with that. A three team parlay, just KC, Green Bay. How about how about Seattle Buffalo win. Bills versus Chargers? Um, five and a half point spread in favor of the Chargers. Do a little money line charge or money or sorry, in favor of the Bills. Little money line Bills. I think I want to. I think I like our three. I don't. Okay. I don't know if I trust. I almost trust the Giants more as a money line favorite than because the Bengals look so bad. Yeah, the 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 Bengals are bad. I you know what? I wouldn't even mind putting the Giants in there. All right. God. Well. Since he plus, is that bad, then it's plus two fifty. So we bet twenty, we win fifty bucks. Hell yeah, I like that. So fourteen parlay money lines, uh, safe betting right here. Seattle, Kansas City, Giants, Green Bay, big favorites. Gotta be, just gotta hope they win. Just gotta hope there's no upsets. Although you never know, Tampa could beat KC in Tampa. Uh, I'm never going to count on Garrett to not lose, but I think the Bengals are fucked first game without Burrow. And uh, Green Bay, you never know against Chicago. So Yeah, since he's like a bad... They're not great when they have Burrow. They're going to be really, really bad without him. Okay, well, I'm good. So we got a three-team teaser, a four-team parlay, and we're fading the job. Oh, man, I'm like tempted by that under on that game, for real. Which one? The uh, Giants Bengals forty three, like the Bengals are going to score literally like eight points, and the Giants are horrible. Giants can't score more than thirty, so at that point, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to pair it with anything, I already put our bet in for the the. the I guess I could cash it out if you want, but no, no, uh, yeah, whatever. I like our bets. I like our bets. The only other one I'm interested in, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. You could talk me into Cardinals two and a half over Patriots. Yeah, I'm always. This is my I problem with that one, teams. though. I hate both of yeah. those teams from a betting standpoint. I can't trust the Patriots and I can't trust the Cardinals in either direction. Like This is my problem. I, I think Arizona is a much be like... better team than New England, but. I think Belichick could run circles around Cliff, and all of a sudden Cliff and Kyler lost against New England. You know what I mean? Definitely. Absolutely. So we'll stay away. We got three bets, but we got basically like, what, four games and one, three and another, and then a fade the Jets. So we have eight games that we're betting on. So I think that's it. If we if we feel oh, good, if we feel good after the, the Thanksgiving can't-miss teaser hits, um. Then yeah, we'll, we'll we'll look. The the Plymouth Rock lock of the week. Fuck yeah! I could almost talk me into the Browns beating Jacksonville by six and a half too, because Jacksonville's yeah. very bad. They're very bad. We'll see. Before we bet on everything, we'll we'll take our our stalwarts. We've been good on money. You know, I I don't need trust really any of those teams to cover spreads, but I trust all of them to win, except maybe the Giants. But I'm really just trusting the Bengals to be bad. So I think we're I think we're good shape. All right, let me pitch you on one more game. Um, on Friday night, 
uh, the University of Massachusetts is playing Liberty University. Now, Liberty's favored by 37 and a half, but I got an inside line that Massachusetts <laughs> is a little bit better than they sound, dude. Oh, shit, dude. I can't even imagine betting on spreads that big. I guess we did with Tech, but it was kind of a... I would rather game. lose money than ever bet money on a Liberty University sports game, ever. That institution should be burned to the ground. That is my official opinion, and thereby the official opinion of the podcast. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you heard it here then. Oh, but I like the bets. We got some good games. Thanksgiving's gonna be fun now. We got money on every game. I like that. Uh Ben, anything else before we get out of here for the week? No, uh, don't follow us yet. Uh, I know we're still up if you've been following us. Uh, unfortunately, you probably started following us when we were on our heater, and then of course we cooled off. So now might be a good time to jump on, you know, while the the, the, the the stock price is going down. Maybe you're thinking, hey, it's got to go back up, right? You know? Yeah, and this is, you guys are getting a good chance to get in now, right before we start betting on the Cowboys every week as they go on their insane run to the Super Bowl. I know, there's probably someone out there that's like, yeah, I was going to follow y'all until y'all bet on fucking Dallas. Then I knew you <laughs> Just dumb money as shit. I like it. I like it. But, Ugh. you know, Dallas three-point dog, so if we screw up and only lose by two, me and you will win money. Worst case Hell is yeah. when Dallas does this, when they lose by, like, seven. When we bet them yeah. as underdogs, and then they still can't cover the spread. That is the worst. That is the worst. So... All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for Bets Will Be Bets this week. As always, thank you so much for listening to both Bets Will Be Bets and Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to check out the podcast. If you have a moment and you enjoyed yourself listening to this fine little program, take a minute to like, subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, uh, and feel free to reach out to us on any of our socials. Uh, ben runs a pretty sweet Twitter account for us at B underscore w underscore b underscore b uh, it's just um, a, a change sorry good remember it's just b w b b pod very clean oh no nice way better way better okay yeah so forget what i said b w b b pod way easier no underscores um i'm glad we no longer have a twitter handle that sounds like a wi-fi password that's that's an improvement um so yeah guys shoot ben a a, a question or any commentary you have about this week's episode uh, and as always, thank you so guys so much for taking the time to listen to us and please enjoy, uh, Thanksgiving. I know this year it's a little weird. Um, I think we're all kind of hoping that by making the sacrifice this Thanksgiving and, and, you know, maybe even Christmas that by, you know, Easter things will be back to something akin to normal and we can all enjoy the company of our friends and family once again. So please be safe. Please enjoy the holiday. Uh, and know that, from Ben and I that we are incredibly thankful for you guys, the people that have taken the time to listen to this podcast that we have such a good time making. So as always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been boys will be boys. Take it easy. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace. Shout out to Des Bryant. <laughs> <laughs>